Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGrath. So you're back. Well, well, well. You look rested, relaxed, and. Uh, actually, you look a little younger to me today. I don't know why that is. Are, are you, you okay, buddy? Have you been rejuvenated by your week off? Your eyes are shut. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> that your it? eyes deteriorated further. Oh, all right. Well, I wondered. It's this. It's this sheep. Uh, you know, thing I'm in. This tent I'm in. It's hard to see you through here. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's you foggy it. in here today. It is a little foggy. I think you must be breathing heavy or something. Could but, be. Uh, all right. Well, great to be back. Thank you for the welcome. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks to Steve Kushaloff and Chris Elio. Did fabulous job. So <laughs> did I. Got, uh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Being Catbird and uh, keeping uh, Steve separate. Actually, R- Rob kept me, Rob kept me going. Okay. Rob well, kept yeah, me he going. He glues everything together. He was right time. on the ball. We had those calls rolling in one after another. Well, and we have to, I have to apologize. Um, when I uh, logged in and looked at the machine on Thursday night, it showed that there were a few texts there. But as you know, it flips back to this blank screen and uh, Ben didn't realize there, there were any emails or texts. It Friday. happened to me uh, and uh, and to Steve. We were here one day and uh, we saw the old ones, but the new ones were not coming up on top. They were going to the bottom, oh, and so it looked yeah. like all we had was a bunch of old texts. Okay. Then I discovered them the next day and read them. So we we, we figured it out. Well, and we lost. Uh, we but there were probably a dozen texts there Friday, and over the weekend the machine purged them. They only stay for a short time. So if you sent us an important text on Thursday or Friday and you think it's timeless enough to resend, feel free to send it right back. Also, emails pending the email in basket doesn't have anything in it now, and I'm sure you sent us something on Friday they didn't get to that you think is worth repeating. So please uh, send that back. When Chris and Ben were here, uh, they argued with had a great number of callers, and they had a good discussion, uh, but I don't believe they included any emails or texts in it. So well, we'll get, we'll get some of those today. May yeah, I, both are working now. Yes, may I say three words to you? <laughs> Hypocrisy on the part no. of Republicans. Fill that seat. <laughs> oh, you like that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I lean liberal, but I'll tell you what, I, I don't see why you wouldn't. It's only September. The president's not done until... You you're Next absolutely year. right. The president of the United States is elected for a term of four years, not three years and nine months. <laughs> and just out of curiosity, why do you say this is all wrong now? He shouldn't appoint anybody, shouldn't vote on it. What do you suppose Barack Obama's intention was when he nominated Merrick Garland? And then they complained they didn't get a hearing. They wanted to confirm the guy in the last, right before an election. Now it's the wrong thing to do. It's going to create a constitutional upheaval. And Nancy Pelosi says she might even consider impeaching the president over this. (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't don't know about impeachment. But uh, that's my view when I I saw that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and, uh, you know, her great uh, legacy came to an end. Uh, I, I, I was certainly saddened by that, but I thought, well, geez, it's only September. 
you know, we're barely halfway through September. The president certainly could nominate somebody and get them confirmed either before the election, that's a great mile post, or before the 20th so of January. So, I, you know, it didn't surprise me that this they're moving this way. I know it seems hypocritical of Republicans, but the Democrats have done it, too. Why so, does it seem hypocritical of Republicans? Well, it went, what did Mitch McConnell say in 2016? Yeah, but the Democrats told them they were wrong back then. Now well, they're right. saying, oh, you, actually, right. you were right, and we were wrong. Right, yes, yeah, so they're all on, on either the wrong side of history on this one. So uh, the Democrats say they'll do what they can, and then, of course, they promise they'll pack the court if they I, win the I Senate. love that. <laughs> we can't win. We don't, we can't, we're too dumb to figure out how to win, so what we're going to do is change the system. See, that's the and way then, you look at it. The way I look at it is, the, is they say, well, we're going to win in the long run. It's not, okay. it's not we so, can't win, it's that we will win. So they've got, they, they changed the court. They had two more liberal justices. And, and now it's now it's eleven now too. it's eleven members. Then the Republicans take over. They add two more, <laughs> and then the Democrats and two more. Pretty soon we got six thousand two hundred eighty-five members of the Supreme Court. Joe, are you questioning the leadership we're receiving from Washington? I am, and I'm questioning <laughs> I'm questioning the mental acuity of quite a few people down there. The court hasn't always been nine members. What are the various? No, it's been nine always members. It's, I don't think start. it's not fixed by the Constitution at nine. It right. can change. We've but, always had nine. No, no change. Nine, as long as I can remember, okay. it's been nine. Okay. Maybe in the early days. Yeah, uh, there have been times when I'm sure there were vacancies on the court. Mm-hmm. Well, I realize but, that. But you know, given this, they keep now saying it's a tie vote, tie vote. But is it really? John Roberts sometimes votes conservative, so it could be five to three right now. Well, and sometimes any one of you can find a dissenting opinion from the majority from any one of the justices over the past three years. So just because you know you think okay now. Now they're evenly split based on tradition. Any vote can go any way. Well, and Joe Biden is now saying that he's going to impose, if he's president, he's going to impose a litmus test on abortion before anybody gets appointed. Hmm. Now, isn't that well, what about the, the wrong idea? You know, well, and what about health care then? Why wouldn't you include that? Oh, well, yeah, we'll have, have a litmus or, test uh, on that. Right. Or um, it would be so simple. Well, all they'd have to issue? do is go up and say, do you agree with me? Yes, I do. Fine. You got my vote. Do you disagree? Do you agree with me? No, I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. You're out. All right. Well, we do got a caller standing by. Shouldn't, but we'll there, take more shouldn't their judicial knowledge and their temperament be a consideration? Well, you know. <laughs> or uh, we're going to have issues with, if we have a tie court when uh, it comes to resolve election issues uh, this fall, that's going to be a dilemma. All right, yeah. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. If we first must swear in our caller to make sure he tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Good morning, Stan. I heard good last, morning. I heard last week you held your own under withering fire, so good for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. I like to shake things up from time to time. Uh, and you do it quite well, Stan. Uh, <laughs> as far as the Supreme Court goes, yeah, nominate. Because we all know that that's exactly what the Democrats would do if they were in control of the Senate. So there's no question in my mind that, you know, if even if Trump was, if, if Hillary had won and this happened and, 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 the, and the Democrats were in charge, we know exactly what would be happening. Yep. Don't matter what they say, because we know exactly what would be happening. So... And, and and the impeachment thing that Pelosi's thrown out there, impeach him for what? Doing his constitutional duty? Right. They complain Come he on. doesn't do his job, and now they say, well, don't do your job. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't understand what's, well, I do kind of, but, you know, 
they're just what they the crap they throw around is just ridiculous. You know, it's, it's as bad as a you know PA Supreme Court, and if so we can take you know count votes three days after the election because uh, uh, of well they might they might be good votes for them. You know, I don't understand. You know, either the votes or the ballots are all there on November third, or they're not. And if they're not, they don't get counted. Plain and simple. You know, rules are rules. They set the rules down, and they want to change rules. You know, what's worse yet, though, out in Michigan, that judge out there gave them two weeks to count votes that come in. How much? How many votes do you think they can find to get the results they want in two weeks? Three days will be plenty of time. Just ask a guy named Samuel J. Tilden. He lost to Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh, brother. Come on, Stan. <laughs> on the count. He's dead now, but <laughs> retro. Well, he lives on in my memory. No, no kidding. A lot of, lot of space occupied up there. Anyway. So, but that's exactly you know, what happened to Tilden. I mean, they found a lot of votes, and then they finally wound up negotiating with the Democrats, and the deal was they would give throw the election to Hayes, but in return, they had to take the troops out of the South and, and end Reconstruction. <laughs> Always a deal, right? <laughs> Always a deal to be made. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, I just think things are going to get really crazy, you know, on November 3rd, 4th, 5th. You know, it's going to be really, you know, it's going to be a lot of stupid stuff going on. You know, and, and they've started the early voting already in Virginia, which makes no sense. You haven't even had a presidential debate, and it's, and it's a month and a half out to the election. Yeah, but you know who I, you're I voting don't get, for. I don't understand these states, why why they do this. Well, because they know a lot of people are decided, so they want the decided people to get their votes in. For example, you know who you're voting for, so why wouldn't we give Stan a ballot now if, if we can keep it secret till Election Day and uh, <laughs> count it on Election Day? You know what your key word was there, what, what? Mark? What's, it was if. Oh, if. if. Well, <laughs> in you know, Pennsylvania. I, I don't, you know, and I would wouldn't rely on them to keep the ballots, even keep them for a month and a half. If it, you know, they open up and say, "Oh, this is a Republican," toss it in the garbage. There's no guarantee that they keep them. <laughs> yes, Dan. Yeah, you because know, you're not going to have poll watchers there, you know, for for a month and a half. Well, it's because you it's write, insanity. You write on your ballot before you mail it. Trump 2020 over and over. So well, they knew that well, was, it doesn't uh, matter. They still toss it in the garbage because how do I know once they get it in their hands what they're going to do with it? At least if I know when I go there and push the button on the machine, I have some res, you know reasonable uh, thinking that it, it will it will be counted. Well, now possibly. I'm sure there's no 100 percent guarantee with that because the glitches in electronics. You may have that expectation, Stan, but it may not work out that way. <laughs> well, that's true, too. I mean, with, with the electronics the way they are these days and, and all that, but at least I'm going there voting in person, and I know what I did. But if I throw it in the mail, did, the, did they get it? If I put it in a, in a drop box somewhere, do I know that they didn't sort through them? Because I've seen ballots in other states where they have coding on the back with the barcodes. They could tell if it's a Republican or Democrat voter that sent it in. Well, you don't have so those issues. That the people that are in the office aren't tossing the, the R's. You don't have those issues in Pennsylvania, right. but uh, you know maybe the U.S. should recommend, uh, the federal government should recommend best practices or a consortium of states could come together. You know, Pennsylvania has a fabulous 
fabulous system. At first, I thought it was kind of cumbersome when I participated in or when the law passed. But now that we see it working and how secure it is and the confirmations that you get, and you get a confirmation that not only that they received your ballot, but on Election Day that your vote counted, that I, I think those are all great safeguards. They should be adopted elsewhere. Uh, and, okay. and plus they're, mailing. But they're sending those ballots out with paid postage return. Those do not get canceled at the post office with a postmark. They're just sent on through. So how do we know that that ballot wasn't stuck in the mailbox on the day after the the election? (laughs) I don't know. We'll ask John Gordner when he calls in. He voted for this measure that uh, changed these laws. But he didn't vote for the count three days after, did he? That was the courts that did that. Yeah, Yeah, the courts did that. And that's, that's wrong. You know, they're writing their own laws now. That's not right, neither. That's not their job. Their job is to interpret, not write law. And they just wrote law. All right. To be continued. Hey, thank you so much, Stan. Really appreciate the call getting us started. Uh, Appreciate that. Uh, Joseph, last caller before a quickie break. Thank you so much for calling from Milton, PA. You're on the mark. Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. I'd like to make some comments on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I'm hearing on TV that she was an icon. She was just such a wonderful person. Number one, she is a Jewish person. She should have known what the Bible says about uh, judgment, because the judges in the Bible had to obey a righteous, make righteous choices, I'll put it that way. She is all in favor of abortion, we know that, a slaughter of unborn babies. And she is all in favor of a man marrying another man, a woman marrying another woman, which is an abomination to my Heavenly Father, uh, whose judgments, uh, he says that, that's what he says, it's not my, in other words, what I'm saying here, it's not my judgment, it's not my opinion, it's the opinions of my Father in Heaven. And so she, she was a terrible judge, and uh, I say good riddance. And uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, her judgments were were evil. Were evil. Anybody that does something like that, that is evil. Abortion doctors are evil. Uh, it, they just are. They're, they're murdering unborn children. That's terrible. And and yet the Democrats, oh, we're we're all uh, we're just so concerned about children and this and that and the other thing. But uh, that's the facts of the the story with her as far as I'm concerned. Well, fortunately, everybody in the U.S. doesn't have to live under the thumb of your faith. We certainly uh, appreciate no, I, your I strong faith that. and, and how much that. you want to you know, make sure that your faith, you live out your faith and that we, we're very glad to hear, hear it. But uh, fortunately, you're not in charge, and everybody who is in charge uh, lives their faith out in a different way, whether they're Jewish or Protestant or whether well, they're not Well, take faith practicing. out of the equation. I think any moral person would be opposed to abortion from the standpoint of taking an innocent life. I don't care what yeah. your religion is. Okay, Joseph, go ahead. I just did. Oh, well, oh you mean the fellow yeah, on the phone. Is, uh, <laughs> your heavenly, my heavenly father in the Bible says uh, he created male and female, and for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave on to his wife. Uh, that's, how, that's how he did it. That's his judgment. That's not my sentiments. That's his. And so if you're a Christian, you better abide by that, that ruling. Of, of our Heavenly Father's judgment. Uh, you know, you can't praise someone that would do a go against them. Well, but people people can make choices, you know. Right, they people may, don't have to. They don't have to. 
they don't have to all go the same path. Yeah, we I have mean, free will. I mean, yeah, how many? How, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question, Joseph. Joseph, let me ask you this question. How many different Protestant sects are there, and how many different beliefs about interpretation of the Bible are there? You know, you believe yours is right. I can name you seven other people who believe theirs is right. Not everybody uses their Bible as a mallet. No, true. Whack everybody in the head. They're said in the Word of Yahweh <laughs> is right. The Creator of, of of human beings. It's not up to human beings to create laws. He created them already. But here's the point. It is perfectly legal what she did, according to the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, because this was made up by Freemasons who don't believe in the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They don't, did not believe in that. And the fundamental principles of, of democracy is the freedom to choose what you will. And that's what Adam and Eve did and plunged us all into sin and this world into chaos. That's a fact. Okay. Right. We got you. Thank you so Thank much you. for the call. I appreciate right. that. Any responses, anyone, call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Firmly held faith beliefs guiding our behavior and our government. Always a, a sound topic here. Uh, with or without the Ruth Bader Ginsburg add-on or with or without our presidential race that's underway or the deep division in the U.S. What's your view on this right now? 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That's one 800 795-9565. If you're a Freemason and you feel compelled to call, call us 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Text us at 70236. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Mm, good guitar work. Thank you so much. Rob Center, fabulous uh, producer. We appreciate his help and hard work, really, doing the archives and gluing together Sunrise. He was as busy as can be last week, making sure that those Sunrise anchors had everything they needed to do their job. Uh, appreciate that. So our salute to Rob Center. We thank that. And plus, he's got a funny mask on today that has a great big mouth hole in it, so it kind of <laughs> looks so strange. But, uh, yep, he's got his mas- ma- mask on over there. And thank so, you, sir. You oh, had to do happy. the live read and, and handle the call and emails. And happy, happy to do it for you, buddy. No, you needed the time off. Nine, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Forgot how to relax, actually. Uh, 9.10, uh, we will have State Senator John Gordner calling in. Uh, we're going to get a legislative update on uh, well, the idea of a legislative veto in Harrisburg and this ongoing, uh, we'll say, adversity with the governor. They're just not on the same page when it comes to dealing with the pandemic. And there's other things, uh, sort of generalized issues, big budget deficit. So lots cooking in Harrisburg, and Senator Gordner will have that at 9, 10 this morning. So he's so, calling in. What do you think the president should do? 
Well, I, I don't think he should uh, make the appointment, but well, he, he knows, certainly he, can. He I mean, doesn't it, make an appointment. He makes a nomination. Right. I don't think he should. He can't appoint them. I don't think he should, at this point, make the nomination. Uh, but he... His job is to fill no- vacancies on the court, so he's going to nominate somebody. He's vetting, you know, he's triple-checking this uh, Barrett woman to make sure that she's good to go, and then they're going to make the nomination. He also has a, an Hispanic woman that's under consideration who is from Florida, was on the Florida Supreme Court. Oh, good, okay. So well, she's under consideration. Good. Well, and, uh, you know, if the, the other thing that gets okay. me is Joe Biden said that he would pick a black woman. Whatever happened, and I'm sure the political <laughs> considerations are going to be in this thing no matter what, but whatever happened to finding the best qualified justice? If I say, I'm going to find the best qualified black woman to be a justice on the Supreme Court, well, what if there are 25 better qualified white women, Hispanic women, Jewish women, men? Well, you know, shouldn't there be some litmus test that, as far think, as their ability goes? I think in a manner of speaking, yes. You know, certainly in, in, for, in terms of logic. But on the other hand, in terms of fairness and making up for lost ground and this idea of different people bring different sensibilities to the court and different individuals. I mean, look at, look at the difference Thurgood Marshall made as the first African-American on the court and the huge difference that made to the whole court. It impacted everybody else. So, uh, yes, it look sounds almost tokenism to, to pick out a per- certain sliver of our demographics that's not represented on the court. But on the other hand, that's how we have moved this country forward Not on many occasions. There have been justices on the Supreme Court who have been landmarks as ter- in terms of what they've done to advance other people's rights. You know, it isn't just, oh, white men are always going to vote for white principles and black men for black principles. I think these people are well-educated. They're highly trained in what they do. They have a strong moral compass in most instances, whether they agree with abortion or disagree with it. I think they are moral people. You know, and I think they are capable of looking at an injustice and trying to determine whether or not the laws of our country can write it. And if they're in the Constitution, they do it. You know, I don't think you have to be, I don't feel like if there's no Catholic on the Supreme Court, the Catholics won't be represented. I don't think if there's no Jew in the Supreme Court, the Jewish people won't be represented. You know, I have more faith in, in the American people and in, in our system of appointing judges and the people who become judges than, than that. Well, I think we have seen that over the years, and we entrust each member of the U.S. Supreme Court to do what you just described, to look very carefully at the Constitution and then apply it through this labyrinth of complications that we've uh, layered on law after law there, and to make sure that we're still in full adherence. And a wide range of individuals have cast what you might view, what we might view as a conservative vote on these issues, and likewise the conservatives have have cast uh, what uh, could be perceived as, as negative votes through Throughout this, so or as liberal votes throughout this, so I think they always, always do what you describe as they try to do this, and don't just cast a conservative or a liberal vote, or you know how would the Democrats or Republicans go? But again, well, look at if, John if, Roberts. If, John, if uh, Joe Biden is naming, you know, who might be an ideal person to help balance the makeup of the court. That's why he's looking at that demographic. But I guarantee you, once he gets in office, and if he says, well, we've got to get this perfect individual on the court, whether it's male, he might not stick with that uh, sort of, you know, ideal that he had laid out. Well, you know, they all say President Trump, oh, he's not a president. He doesn't do things the way other presidents have done. I can tell you one thing he's done that no other president has done, and I think it's a smart thing to do. He has put out the list of people that he would consider appointing to the Supreme Court. 
And Joe he Biden hasn't hit will it. not. Joe Biden will not, no. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that, you know, well, let's see Joe Biden's list of appointees. You know, let's see Trump's tax returns. I think what the president has done is he said, here's my standard for appointing justices. Here are people who I think meet that standard, and these are the people I'm going to appoint. Why do Democrats always lose that discussion as to if I am elected, this is the kind of justice I'll appoint? Conservatives have always owned that asterisk. And a lot of people say that's why President Trump won, because of pro-lifers flooding to okay. the ballot box to make sure that a uh, that Roe v. Wade got examined in a well, timely fashion. All right. So Joe Biden has said he's going to have a litmus test for abortion for Supreme Court justices. What if we have a litmus test for Green New Deal? You have to support the Green New Deal to get or, on there. Or elections or coronavirus. Or yeah, well, you know. Or health care. Shouldn't the criteria be who is a qualified candidate to serve on the Supreme Court? Who, through intellectual rigor, through study and learning and love of the law and love of the Constitution, has demonstrated that they have earned a spot for consideration on the United States Supreme Court? How, and their performance as an appellate judge. One of our listeners says, how important is a balanced U.S. Supreme Court that the court be made up of conservatives and liberals and people from different Well, well that's uh, all well and good, groups. but there's there's only there's an odd number to keep them from being ties, so who gets that odd number? Well, The sk- party sk- in power? Skip the voting and the ties, but just how is important that the makeup of the court be representative of the nation as a whole? You know, let's suppose they're all uh, white male Republican uh, leaders from our nation. If every all nine were that, w- could the court vote and consider things in a representative manner of the whole nation. What if the court was determined by the demographics of the nation? Would we have a fair court? Not necessarily. I think a classic example of that would be the Dred Scott decision where Chief Justice Taney uh, wrote the opinion uh, saying that uh, Dred Scott was property, not a free person. So, And that, that sparked a large, to a large degree, uh, sparked some of the Civil War, the beginnings of the Civil War. You know, it depends on the hearts of the people and the temper of the times. Who gets appointed? And what what is the criteria for being Mm. appointed? If it's your political belief, we're going to have that. If it's your knowledge of the law, your ability to be fair and impartial as a jurist, if that's the criteria, I'd say they can adequately represent me, whether they're my ethnic group or not. No, I think the court should be represented of the nation's demographic as a whole so that the, the uh, what did you say, the temper of the time can be truly uh, examined in a, in a more objective fashion. Well, we'll continue this discussion. State Senator John Gordner is going to be on at 910. We'll quickly check headlines when we come back. But first, CBS, this at WDK, okay, son? News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, Mark Lawrence here, Joe McGranahan directly across from me and opposed to me at every turn. Mr. Rob Setters, neutral and enjoying making sure that callers get on the radio. Visit sunburymotors.com. Please make sure that you see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. You can select a perfect vehicle and purchase it online right from your home. I'll have certainly more to say about that as our show progresses. Uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity once again to talk to State Senator John Gordner from Harrisburg. Now he's calling in. Good morning, Senator Gordner. Thanks for calling in today. Morning, Senator. 
Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Joe. I do appreciate that. Well, there's so much going on. I think we'll start with a vague question, ask you for a legislative update. We know that there's uh, several measures that have been approved and sent to the governor and vetoed and override talk is uh, pending. So give us a quick overview of some of the legislative changes and where we are on those. Actually, uh, today's a big day for one of them, uh, House Bill 2787, which is the one that deals with high school sports and uh, allowing the 500 school districts to make determinations as to attendance policies, uh, for example, and other activities in regard to sports uh, has been on the governor's desk. Uh, The governor has up to 10 days to either sign it, veto it, or allow it to become law without his signature. And uh, today, September 21st, is day 10. So uh, the bill passed in the House overwhelmingly, 155 to 47. Uh, passed in the Senate overwhelmingly, 39 to 11. Uh, vote, both uh, veto-proof majorities. Uh, the governor had uh, said prior to us passing it that he would absolutely, positively veto it. Um, but it's been on his desk for 10 days, and today he needs to either sign it, veto it, or uh, let it become law without his signature. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. What's your guess, John? Uh, well, you know, he was so adamant that I'm um, absolutely positively going to veto this that uh, you would hope that if he was going to veto it that he would have just gone ahead and done it. But uh, it is a House bill, so if we were to t- attempt a veto override, it would have to begin in the House. Of course, the House was in last week, so if they would have, if you would have vetoed it then, the House could have began that process. The House is not scheduled for session this week, so maybe that's the reason why he was waiting till the tenth day. Um, but uh, I can tell you, there are a lot of uh, moderate Democrats in uh, tough seats, uh, both in the House and Senate. Uh, that are probably hoping that he just allows it to become law. And what specifically will this law do? He says it's unnecessary anyway, that high schools already have a tremendous amount of autonomy when it comes to uh, how they actually facilitate their sports. Well, here's the situation that school districts have have, uh, found themselves into, and it's it's frankly a legal one. Uh, You know, the governor has said that uh, some of his dictates are not mandates, they are recommendations. Uh, but when the Department of Education recommends something or the Department of Health recommends something and the governor recommends something and the school districts don't follow it, uh, the lawyers uh, for the school districts uh, get very nervous in regard to what the legal ramifications are. And, uh, for instance, I mean, the uh, the 25 inside and the uh, 250 outside uh, is still a... I don't know if it's a mandate, uh, but it, uh, I think it's a close to a mandate uh, for all activities. So, for instance, a football game, if you've got a stadium that, that holds 5,000 people and uh, the governor's saying you can't have more than 250 people there, think about a football game. You've got uh, the home team and all their coaches. You've got the away team and all their coaches. You've got the cheerleaders for the home team. You've got the cheerleaders for the away team. And, look, my kids were both in band. Uh, you got all of the band kids for the home team. You got the band kids for the away team. You're at 250. Um, so that doesn't uh, allow for any parent to to watch it, other than them, you know, side by side by side at the gate on the outside trying to look in. 
Well, if the capacity of a restaurant is now at 50% as of today, if, if they self-reported, and we'll get to that in a minute, why shouldn't the size of the stadium determine the number of people allowed in? Why shouldn't it be a percentage as it is in restaurants? Yeah, look, uh, you get to that whole Carlisle Car Show deal uh, that the uh, you know they signed an agreement on, and basically it says, hey, uh, if if you've got a thousand square footage, then you know we'll look at density uh, over that thousand square footage. Uh, and the Department of Health signed off on the deal with the Carlisle Car Show, so you know why can't you have the same sort of thing? Um, and the whole 25 inside, I mean, I don't know if you've been to a Walmart. Um, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's the same. It's got to be the same notion as a Walmart or a Home Depot or a Lowe's. I don't see anybody standing at the doors counting folks anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, and that's, you know, that gets to uh, that decision that the uh, the uh, U.S. District Court judge out in the Western District, uh, Stickman, uh, did last week, uh, where the uh, there's there's lack of consistency. If you're not, if you're not enforcing things on a consistent basis, uh, then they shouldn't be uh, enforced at all. We've had some court decisions that relate to the election and when votes uh, received can be counted. Walk us through that particular change and, and the courts, uh, uh, the courts' decision. Yeah, that's just uh, incredibly frustrating. And look, uh, it's very obvious that there is a Democratic court uh, that goes back to the redistricting case from a couple of years ago when they, um, despite there being not one single word in the Pennsylvania Constitution about federal elections, uh, determined that it violated the state constitution. Uh, the decision this past week by the uh, Democratic State Supreme Court is another example of that. Uh, they they uh, basically gave uh, what Democrats were looking for uh, completely, and then they even touched on a couple of things that weren't even mentioned in lawsuits. Uh, so for them to set uh, election code policy over the legislature and the governor is just incredibly uh, frustrating. But to, um, I mean, drop boxes are not found anywhere in any straight state law. And uh, there are some of us that uh, don't mind them being in a secure location at a place that makes sense. Uh, for instance, when courthouses closed uh, back in the day, uh, a few months ago, a, a, a number of them, if, if not most of them, put a drop box for all sorts of different filings right at the, uh, uh, at the entrance to the courthouse. Uh, there's no problem with that. There's security people standing right there. Uh, but to go to Philadelphia, and this is without exaggeration, uh, for there to be drop boxes uh, near Democratic ward leaders' houses, uh, and uh, Democratic uh, ward leaders' offices and locations uh, is just not sensical from a standpoint of making sure that those uh, items that are being dropped in there are secure. Uh, so for, for that decision to say that uh, uh, in regard to uh, you have to count all the ballots that are received three days after the election unless it's obvious uh, that they were sent uh, after the election. So they didn't even say you have to use the postmark. You know, I mean, at least saying follow the postmark would make sense. But uh, you don't even have to say it. They, the way they worded it was that unless it's obvious that it wasn't sent beforehand, you've got to count every uh, ballot and every vote that comes in um, 
up to three days after the uh, election. Just a number of things. And we're going to be, uh, we're here in Harrisburg, uh, the Senate's in session this week. We're going to be discussing things uh, today in the Senate Republican Caucus. And, and I think we're actually going to be uh, looking at some federal appeals uh, on uh, the uh, state Supreme Court decision. John, a lot of municipalities are coming up upon budget time, and of course in Pennsylvania, the municipalities have to have balanced budgets. I'm sure a lot of them are going to get some kind of sticker shock from the shutdown and are going to be faced with closing out this year with some kind of deficit, and next year is going to be challenging from a tax standpoint, I would suspect. What are you seeing across the state and in state finances? Uh, it's interesting. We just had a uh, discussion uh, this Let's see, I'm trying to think if it was Wednesday, a couple of us in regard to some state budgetary numbers. Uh, as, as you may know, uh, the uh, Independent Fiscal Office, uh, which is like our CBO at the state level, uh, gave some actually opti optimistic uh, views as to what our numbers will be. And at least from July and August, uh, we reached those numbers. It's going to be interesting to see what September and October bring. As you know, we did a five-month budget back at the end of May. Uh, so um, other than school districts and uh, colleges and universities, uh, people, uh, line items got five months. So we basically have till the end of November to do something. But there are actually a number of encouraging signs and even something encouraging that we heard from the uh, Federal Treasury Office as to how we may be able to use some of the existing CARES monies uh, that we we put a billion dollars in a restricted account and have been keeping it there in case that we might be able to use it to uh, help fill in the budget. And uh, we've recently received some encouraging news uh, that we might be able to do that. And uh, without getting too deep in the weeds, uh, there's FMAP monies, uh, which go for welfare programs. And we have, uh, for the first two quarters of uh, the fiscal year, received a huge increase in the amount of FMAP dollars that have come in, which is allowing us to use dollars for other purposes. And it's looking like we will continue to get uh, large increases in FMAP dollars for the second uh, quarters, third and fourth quarters. And all of those things going together, including revenues coming in more than we expected, uh, we may be in better shape than uh, we could have uh, imagined. Uh, months ago. And what kind of a deficit are you starting to get in a sense that uh, as that November date approaches and uh, into the next fiscal year, any kind of a sense or, uh, the kind of deficit we'll be looking at? Uh, don't hold me uh, to this, and I'm a little nervous about saying it, but I mean, <laughs> we, we were looking at a $3 billion deficit, and it is possible, possible, that uh, if we're able to, uh, to uh, go after and use the uh, billion dollars that we have in the restricted account, we may be getting a, uh, we've already received about a billion in FMAP dollars for the first two quarters. We may be getting another billion uh, for the uh, second uh, quarters. And uh, if, if the IFO estimates come in, uh, our deficit may be very small. Well, yeah, isn't that interesting? Well, fabulous. Well, particularly, and what about all the costs associated with unemployment compensation payouts? How will that be backfilled? Yeah, so you're talking to uh, the most frustrated person uh, in Harrisburg <laughs> on that subject. Uh, I mean, back in 2011, when I was chair of the Labor and Industry Committee, 
uh, and we are facing a $3.5 billion deficit to the federal unemployment comp system. Uh, I'm the guy who authored the legislation to, uh, to pay that off, uh, to uh, save uh, businesses hundreds of millions of dollars, because we were paying 3 to 4% interest uh, to the feds, and we ended up doing a uh, $3.5 billion bond at 1.19% interest. Uh, so just there we saved uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so as of January this year, our, our state unemployment comp fund was 200% fully funded. Wow. And the belief was that there would be no downturn in the economy that would get us back into the situation that we were in back in uh, the late 2000s. Um, but unfortunately, we're there. And sometime in the next month or so, we're going to be borrowing money from the federal unemployment comp system again, paying interest. And uh, who, uh, Cameron Bartolotta, who's the chair of the Senate Labor and Industry Committee right now, and, and the administration are going to have to work on a plan. But the, the good news is, is for folks that uh, are unemployed and are due benefits, uh, they will receive the benefits. Uh, it will either come from our state fund or it will come from money borrowed from the federal fund. How is that going, John? Are they uh, getting the claims, backlog claims taken care of, or are they still uh, way behind? So, unfortunately, I mean, they'll, they, being the uh, State Department of Labor and Industry, will say that they have processed 95% of all the <laughs> claims. And you would think, uh, if they would have said that back in April or May, you would say, hey, congratulations. But... Uh, what that means is there's still 5% of the folks that have filed claims back in March and April that have not received a dollar yet. And that's way beyond uh, unacceptable. So, um, and the other bad news is, I mean, if you've looked at our state's unemployment uh, numbers, uh, we continue to be 2 or 3% higher than the national average. And we have uh, one of the top five uh, unemployment rates in the country. And it is specifically because of the policies implemented by, by Governor Wolf. If I may go back to the election, uh, the, do you have confidence in Pennsylvania's election system, even with this court uh, situation that's you know changing, allowing to allow uh, more votes to come in after the election day? Uh, initially, when the law passed several years ago, I thought, well, this seems very complicated, but I did vote by mail. and uh, But now it almost seems like genius, the, all the fail-safes that are included. And uh, are you confident that we'll have a safe and secure election coming up? Um, I don't know at the moment. Uh, I am confident in all of my county uh, offices. Uh, as you may remember, uh, prior to the primary, there were some, some problems there in Northumberland County because of the turnover in the, uh, the voter registration office. Um, but, uh, well, I'll tell you, certainly aware of, and there are third parties that have been sending uh, absentee ballot applications not absentee ballots, but absentee ballot applications to uh, dead people. Uh, my father-in-law uh, received one, and he's been gone for uh, seven or eight years. Um, but, you know, a third party got maybe a 10-year-old list, and uh, there are certainly countless examples of, of deceased individuals getting these absentee ballot applications. So we're going to have to trust. Um, but... Uh, you know, there's been decisions that uh, you don't need to check signatures, or just because the signature is off in the uh, county office with the signature that's on the absentee ballot application means that you uh, can't just throw it out on that uh, reason alone. So, 
And again, the uh, our party has been asking uh, for uh, the ability of any registered voter in Pennsylvania to be able to, for instance, go to Philadelphia and to observe um, the elections, um, much as a poll watcher uh, does uh, in Snyder County or somewhere else. The Supreme Court, again, uh, turned that down. Uh, it's amazing what extends Philadelphia, for instance, is going through to make sure that no one outside of Philadelphia comes down and observes what they do on Election Day. I guess it's because of all the numbers of deceased people who will be showing up to vote. They want to give them some privacy. <laughs> Sorry about that, but I'm, you know, that's one of the charges in Chicago and other places around the country. That Dead the, people vote by mail for the most right. part. Right. Yeah, they don't show up in person. Uh, has the governor laid out any particular plan going forward for opening the state up even more? I mean, we're now at self-reporting for restaurants. They can go to 50% seating capacity. There's still all these other restrictions. Has he set some kind of criteria for saying this is where we open up the state again and say we're back to normal? Uh, the only criteria that he has said, and he said it a couple of times, is when there's a vaccine that we can trust and people start to get the vaccine, uh, then I will consider opening up things more. Who will determine whether or not we can trust this vaccine? Uh, the governor and secretary of <laughs> Okay, but so far the schools have opened. Have you heard any draconian reports from around the state about, you know, mass numbers of kids taking home the disease to their parents as a result of being back in class? Uh, no, certainly not uh, throughout uh, my senatorial district. Uh, as you may know, uh, there in, Blo at, uh, in Bloomsburg we had a, a surge of, at the beginning or at the uh, end of August, beginning of September when the students returned, uh, but that has... That has really slowed down and leveled off. And it's interesting. Uh, we get uh, reports every other day from Bloomsburg University. There are a little over 300 and some now that uh, uh, tested positive. Uh, I think 90-some percent of them have, uh, have recovered, have, have gone through more of the, the 14 days. But at Bloomsburg University and at universities really across the country, um, it, it's, there's no hospitalization. I mean, in, in, with Bloomsburg University, 300-some cases, zero hospitalizations. And uh, so the numbers that you've seen around the world are holding true here, I think, in the United States, at least, that uh, younger students, college-age students that get it, are getting uh, flu-like symptoms, mild symptoms, or no symptoms at all. Anything that you would like to add, any uh, further discussion that you'd like to, uh, or any further remarks you'd like to offer? No, I'll go, I'll go back to where I began. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens today on the 10th day uh, in regard to this uh, sports legislation. There are certainly a lot of parents of uh, sports um, uh, participants that are looking to see what happens. And just, uh, I mean, our governor is decimating, uh, obliterating uh, restaurants and, uh, and clubs and uh, hospitality industry. Uh, we saw this weekend colder weather. Uh, I mean, to, to a large degree, those restaurants that have had outdine, outdoor dining have, have benefited from the warm summer, but we're now heading to fall and winter. And the governor just has to start being a little more re realistic uh, in regard to, uh, to uh, the restaurants. And if they follow the masking requirements, uh, follow uh, the six-foot uh, spacing requirements, and they do everything along those CDC guidelines, uh, the one we should allow them to uh, be able to operate 
and to operate so that they can stay in business. All right, well, thank you for the information. Also, thank you as an incumbent. Uh, you are on the ballot coming up, and you've agreed to talk to your opponent either face-to-face -face or electronically on several occasions. A lot of incumbents don't like to do that, but you do, and so we appreciate that. So thank you just to come in for me. We know you've agreed to talk on this program uh, at some point when uh, she's present, and we know you're doing a chamber function, so uh, kudos yep, to and you. Another, yeah, there are two chamber events. Uh, there's the uh, Greater Susquehanna Chamber, and there is the uh, Columbia Montour Chamber, so it covers uh, two ends of, of the county, and then sometime uh, mid-October or so. Um, I actually may uh, show up in person at WKOK if I'm allowed to, <laughs> but if not, uh, then we'll, we'll participate in, in some other means. We'll be in, in the same room at the chamber event, as I recall. Uh, they asked okay. me to moderate that, so I guess I'll see you there. Sounds good. Yeah, we think we can do distances here with four people in the room, so we're going to we're gonna see if we can set that up. We'll have to move the table, but uh, <laughs> that's our goal at this point, and then we'll pitch some dates for you. So thank you so much, uh, Senator. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. John. Do appreciate thanks, that. Guys. Take care. 27th District State uh, Senator John Gordner, as we mentioned, uh, this is an election appearance, but a resourceful person will find his name on the upcoming November uh, ballot, and the same with the name of Michelle Siegel, the Democrat who's running for that seat. So she's agreed to contact the On the Mark show and uh, be on a forum with that. And as uh, the senator mentioned, uh, two chamber functions throughout his district are planned at this time. All right, we flip back to open phones. We can talk about the important remarks of Senator Gordner. Maybe you have a question or observation related to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, still driving a lot of the national conversation right at the moment. Yes, and I've got an interesting story here I'd like to share about CNN fact-checking Joe Biden and finding that he lied. What? What? Can you believe that? <laughs> I doubt that. All right, so we have more comedy from Joe. That'll be when we come back here. And I have to do news headlines, so we'll scan through a few of the news headlines very shortly. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. we got some texts and emails pending. We would just love to hear from you, so call us now, 1-800-795-9565. We have open phones. Uh, should we uh, pack the court next year if we fill the seat this year? Uh, what would prevent Democrats from just... Uh, well, that's my topic about Joe Biden. So go ahead and do the news, and, then, and, uh, and I'll share this with you. I'm so sure what's your be view on that? Uh, should uh, we fill the seat, 1-800-795-9565, if you're 
your answer is yes. 1-800-795-9565. One of our good listeners suggested that if you let your faith guide these kinds of decisions, a lot of this would be much, much more cut and dried, and you'd be able to have uh, uh, an easier time making these kinds of decisions. Another listener says, no, let's uh, make sure we hear from uh, all sides here. So 1-800-795-9565. I still don't think we've resolved, uh, should we have a balanced court, not just in terms of Republican versus Democratic appointees, uh, but in terms of its makeup of individuals who represent people of color or minorities or, or uh, sexes. You know, what if, the, what if the court was always still all old white men? Would that be a satisfactory way to uh, run the court? Would women have made the kind of advances they have if it was just that? So uh, give us a buzz with your opinion about what the president should do, what the Democrats should do, what the Democrats should do last, next year. 1-800-795-9565. I have some very brief news headlines. Names are out from that collision at 4th and Art Streets in Sunbury yesterday. Caitlin Walters' vehicle collided with the vehicle of Rose Mowry of Danville. Uh, Susan Jones was one of the individuals injured along with Mowry. Jones is in fair condition and no medical treatment available for Mowry. More about that crash at WKOK.com. A child had a very minor injury in that accident. Dozens of people held a rally in Milton Sunday afternoon to send a message to police and community leaders. They want to make sure that police improvement measures are adopted regionally. Frank Manzano, one of the founders of If Not Us, Then Who, said the rally focused on those police reforms, calling it a homecoming rally. And they continue to call for fewer armed responses by police where possible. They noted Sunday no issues have occurred lately in Milton. They're pushing for a more regional approach to uh, their discussions. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden was back in Pennsylvania yesterday speaking at the National Constitution Center in Philadelphia. Donald Trump seems to want us to divide this nation between red states and blue states, between representing those states that vote for him and ignoring those who don't. I do not. I cannot. I will not be that president. And Joe Biden also said using the sudden Supreme Court vacancy to reinforce his argument that the upcoming election isn't just a referendum on President Donald Trump's appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court, but also will relate to health care and the election. A balanced court is necessary for those. The death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg jolted the presidential campaign six weeks before uh, the election. Yes, and he um, that's part of what's going on here in the story that CNN fact-checked with him. He made false claims in a Sunday speech in which he urged Senate Republicans to let the winner of the presidential election fill the Supreme Court vacancy left by Judge Ginsburg's death. And here's the problem. He said Biden argued that it would be inappropriate for him to release a list of prospective Supreme Court nominees as Trump did during the 2016 campaign and did again this month. Biden claimed that Trump camp Trump's campaign did not ask him to release such a list until after Ginsburg had died. That's just wrong. The fact, checks, fact checkers at CNN say the Trump campaign and Trump himself had repeatedly said prior to Ginsburg's death that Biden should release a list of prospective Supreme Court nominees. And he also claimed inaccurately that there's no court session between now and the end of the year. There are sessions. Well, it starts today. Yeah. 
So, I mean, lying Joe Biden's at it again. <laughs> well, he's not lying. It's just, it's just no, Joe. Wait. That's right. When Joe Biden says it and it's a lie, it's a mistake. But when the president says it, it's a lie. We got that? Well, that's true. The, the, Joe Biden is making mistakes and the president is deliberately lying. There I is a see. difference. I'm sorry. but that's the difference. Well, you know, but a lot of these supposed lies, we had a big discussion about that list of 20,000 lies Trump said. And I said, I'd like to see the list. You know, surely yeah. if, you've got, if you've done a count, there must be a list. Some of the ones that, you know... I haven't, haven't, still haven't found the exact list of all 20,000, however many there are. Oh, the Post hasn't. But the, uh, but the ones that I've seen, a lot of them are opinions. He's expressed opinions that someone disagrees with, and therefore they are lies. All right, half of them are lies, and the half are just the wrong opinion. All right, finally, we do have one other headline. Joe, you'll appreciate this because you like municipal government. A donkey sculpture at a private front lawn in a main <laughs> town was set on fire with what one lawmaker called political terrorism. The sculpture was burned around. 2 a.m. Saturday morning in Bodenham, the, where the property owner is a former select member, Teresa Turgeon, who said she's currently running for the town select board. Uh, she says uh, that the property damage, her donkey that represents the democratic ideals that she stands for, was set on fire. She <laughs> says it should be investigated as political terrorism, even a federal crime. Too bad there wasn't an elephant there with a snout full of water who could have put it out. Well, is it a federal crime to to mess with political? I mean, it's some sort the, of a crime. I don't think it's a federal crime. Look at all the Trump and Biden signs that have been stolen lately. Or yeah, you know. well, that's just juvenile. I'm sorry. First of all, how many people drive down the road and say, "Oh, there's a sign that says vote for Joe Biden." I think I will <laughs> go get it. Oh, wait can. a second. There's a sign for Trump. It changed my mind. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Than, thanks for dialing that number about ten short minutes ago. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning. I was willing to wait. Interesting to listen to John and you guys. And uh, the only uh, couple of things that I I was listening on the road coming uh, home, and uh, the uh, couple of things hit me. One is I've read most of the Bible pretty carefully over my lifetime. Never any place in the Bible said God told Joseph and uh, Dan from New Berlin to judge people. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that I, I will not be judged by those folks, and I won't judge them, because that's not what we should do. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, it does not. It does not say. It says there is an ultimate judge, but it's I, not us. I don't but, think they were judging anybody personally. They were talking about their interpretation of the Bible, and what that says in terms of how people should behave. And if you happen to fit that mold, then I guess they are suggesting that you might want to rethink the way you feel. But I don't well, think they're, they're personally pretty, condemning they're pretty you. They're solid about what they know that I should Oh, sure. Say. I mean, everybody is. I mean, you know, I think Muslims are very in, intent on per, uh, having you believe their religion is absolutely perfect. They get very upset when someone makes a joke about the prophet. Right. Look at Some, look at my lovely bride. She's Catholic. Before she goes to Mass on Sunday, she sees me waiting there to go to my Lutheran church and says, look, if you'd like to practice the one true faith, now is your opportunity. <laughs> you can come with me. Yeah, well, if there is one true faith, <clears throat> as many atheists might put it, uh, you probably don't believe in all the gods that the indigenous people of the United States had, or the Norse gods, but uh, some atheists just believe in one less god than you do, and that makes it pretty simple. 
Okay. Okay. So you're you're saying you still believe in Thor and? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, well, I'm wondering. Like <laughs> I'm wondering about. Uh, you were talking abortion before, and yes, your religion does say uh, that that's wrong. However, women's rights say that that gets in the way of the rights of women. And don't we give equal quality to our women? I don't think it's equal quality. I think you're talking about something that's a lot deeper than the inch surface you just scratched. You know, yeah. certainly women oh, yeah. have rights to, to decide what to do with their bodies. But on the other hand, people who, who there and, and I think it's, I don't know whether you'll concede it, but I think it's very legitimate to say that taking the life of an unborn child, even if it's in the mother's womb, is not a good idea. You know, but uh, I don't know that we have the right. I I don't know that I have the right to tell a woman she can't do that. I, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, and uh, then uh, I believe it was Stan who was talking about that, and he said that anybody. No, I guess it was Joseph who said that anybody who believes that women should have rights over their body is flying in the face of God and will not be welcomed in heaven. I'd hate to be a young girl, pregnant and afraid and needing an abortion for very good reasons, and then hear somebody like that judging your future. I, I don't think I heard him say that, Mark. Did you? I didn't, I didn't get that at all out of what he said. I'm sorry, I didn't. No. And Mark okay. agrees with me, so... <laughs> so much, you, you must be right, I guess. Yeah, it's two against one. That's so how we decide. You know, well, the was, other alternative is you're hearing things, then, but I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, at my age, I'm starting to not be able to hear things. Welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it wonderful? It all got quieter as we got older. Yeah. All those people stopped yakking at us. <laughs> Unless you have tinnitus, that got louder. So, All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks Stan. for your Always call. good great, to talk great to you. Food hey, for thought. Thank you. Take Appreciate care. that. All right, 1-800-795-9565. One of our good listeners has some questions for us to ask. How important is a balanced Supreme Court, not just liberal versus conservative, but also representing the nation's demography as a whole? Uh, would women have the same rights today if all the Supreme Court justices were always men? Uh, would people of color always have the same rights as they might today if all the justices stayed white, old Republican men? And also, if we rush through a conservative, uh, will not the Democrats? just pack the court uh, given the you. first opportunity. 1-800-795-9565. Who gave women the right to vote? Old white men. Oh, right. <laughs> and they said never again. All right. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at and text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Upper right-hand corner, if you would, please. Yes, Mike Bolling says, I guess Trump shouldn't try to replace RBG. It could really get the Democrats angry at him. I mean, the Democrats could really be starting to dislike Trump, and that would be horrible. <laughs> well, yeah, the Democrats say they want to pack the court, but that assumes they win the Senate next year, which there's, and then you know, the, the nation may reflect its conservative ideals and not let that happen. And then after that happens, the Republicans get control a few years down the road, and then they repack the court. Well, you'd have to pack it with three then. So <laughs> Yeah, event, the like I said, eventually there'll be 6,298 Supreme Court justices. The Supreme Court Congress. <laughs> All right. Al is the next caller on the radio. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. Well, there were several reasons I voted for President Trump, but one of my highest hopes was that we would be able to fix the Supreme Court and swing abortions um, Roe versus Wade the other way. That was one of my main and uh, my highest hopes and my farthest reaches. And the second, I think, most important one to me for President Trump was uh, our dependence on China. He recognized that. And uh, our emulation of China, which he didn't really say much about, but that is connected with the first one. And I think the further away we can get from a, a Chinese government, the better off we'll be as a nation. And then the third thing was his... Uh, idea on having good border security and also against he didn't like the sanctuary cities and states because that kind of overruns uh, the federal government and that's kind of what happened and sparked the civil war so there was, a, there was a lot of good reasons and it doesn't matter to me who who goes on the uh, Supreme Court uh, as long as they let God's law guide them also and man's law and and move the country forward and my personal opinion is god's laws oversuit over uh rides man's law every day of the week it it makes things black and white in your life and then you haven't read uh, the united states constitution which specifically separates church and state maybe you're in the wrong country yeah, Al. It, was emulated, it was emulated after judicial christian uh You'd Police. probably be more happy in an Islamic country where they, they are guided by the particular religion. No, I, I, I just think good is good and evil is evil, and abortion was evil, and I wanted that to go away. So, I mean, yes, I, I think my men that lead this country has been blessed by the Lord God should, should uh, obey his laws over top of our laws. That's just my opinion. Well, we have a great I'm balance in the U.S. So, of zealots on all sides of these important topics, yourself included. So that's why we, that's why we call it the United States. So, all right. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling Thanks for in. Calling. Uh, litmus tests are sort of the general topic we're discussing. Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey there, guys. Why? Anyway, uh, with the Supreme Court. Um, Supreme Court was envisioned to reflect the 
long-term mood of the country as we move from one side or the other, you know, how people felt about things, and then they would uh, nominate folks who would uh, mirror that. And when you look at it, we had like 10 years of, let's say, the conservative rule, and we had two justices, and then it moved here. And overall, then, we should have a fairly uh, even... uh, reflection of what's going on in the country but that's not the that po- lance forgive me but what they what they really intended in making these lifetime appointments was that all other considerations are now eliminated from these judges they don't have to be in uh, beholden to anybody politically they don't have to be beholden to anybody financially they are there for life and they are free then to look at every decision based on its merits and not on where they came from how they are expected to behave I mean, it's not. It never was intended to be a reflection of the country. It was intended to create an atmosphere where people could make wise decisions without political pressure. You mean that happens? <laughs> I, I, I said that was the intent. Little Ginsburg did it. That was I mean, the that was the intent. That was that was the intent. Well, okay. Well, it didn't work out that way. But I still think what Lance says is true, is that the court was uh, destined to follow the nation's conscience uh, through time. Yes, adhere to the Constitution, but make sure that uh, our interpretation kept up with, you know, whatever uh, changes in the mindset or in the hearts of people over the centuries. Go ahead, Lance. We'll let you finish up, and then we've got to take a quick break. Go right ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, though, when you think about a uh, woman's right you know, to kill her unborn child like that, I thought those kind of rights went out with a coliseum, you know, where you turn thumbs up and thumbs down over another human being. To do that would say that in the womb there, that isn't a human being, and what is it? So just leaving you with that. All right. Thank Good. you so much, Lance. Good really point, Lance. Thank you. Call. All right. We've got two callers standing by. we got our last break of the morning. We're just a hair behind in our commercial breaks because we got to enjoy a, a, a nearly 20-minute interview with Senator Gordner. We'll have that interview posted at WKOK.com if you missed that, talking about the election and uh, the uh, push-me-pull-you uh, ongoing with the governor in Harrisburg related to the courts and the legislature. So uh, that took up some time. Uh, that'll be posted at WKOK.com. Probably got our two next two calls and emails and texts uh, locked in, but uh, we'll find out shortly. You're listening to WKOK. Two callers standing by. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back. The rest of our show is locked in. Joe, we'll hand it over to you. Yeah, one of our texters says, I'll give up abortion if Republicans give up guns. 
And uh, Mike Bolick says, thank you, Joe. You don't know how many times I go to send a message, and you say my thoughts before I send it. <laughs> Signed, an old white man. <laughs> you guys think alike, huh? That's we finish each other's See, that's sentences. why the court can't just be old white Republican men. It just would not work. Uh, let's see. Eric, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen, and thank you for taking and my And you get two call. minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm looking at what apparently is a short list of uh, nominees from President Trump. Uh, I'm seeing Amy Coney Barrett and Barbara Lagoya. Is is that That sounds right, yeah. She's the one from Florida, former Supreme Court right, Justice right. in Florida. And, and Ms. Barrett is from Indiana, right where Vice President Pence is from. Um, care to guess who appointed these folks to their only, only federal positions? President Trump. And how long have they been actually judging on federal law? Uh, the lady from Florida, period. about a year, and I think Amy Coney Barrett spent a little more than that. Maybe like so two. So you really believe that these two ladies, even though they are firmly anti-abortion, firmly Republican, firmly conservative... Are qualified to be well, qualifications has nothing to do with time served on the federal bench. No, that's what I'm talking about is experience, gentlemen. I'm talking what? about experience in judging federal law. Ms. Barrett, prior to being nominated, was she taught law at Notre Dame for 15 years. Now, Ms. Um, Nagoya at least was on the um, Supreme Court of Florida for a little bit, but again, neither one of them has judged federal law for any period of time. Um, I'm not someone who's qualified. What if Joe Biden Biden picks a black woman? has the right to appoint somebody. What if Joe Biden picks a black woman who has less than a year experience? Would you be opposed to that? I would have concern with that, too. I would have concern with anyone who's not qualified to sit in the highest position in the land, one of the nine most influential people in the world. But that's your opinion. I happen to think that Amy Coney Barrett is certainly qualified. Uh, Someone who teaches the law certainly understands constitutional law better than the average man on the street. And, you know, you're not even required, as I recall, you're not even required to be a lawyer to be a Supreme Court justice. You don't have to have federal bench experience. No, you don't. Right. But, but again, I'm I'm thinking, in my mind, qualifications. Now, question for you, Joe, real quick. Nope, we're out of time. We've got to take our last call. Save your question for tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, guys. Okay, thank you, thank you so right. much, Eric. All right, Dan, you're going to help us wrap up the show. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning. I think that President Trump picked excellent ladies to be on the Supreme Court. I think they're well, more than well qualified, and you know, we ought to be glad that everybody ought to be glad he picked a lady that's qualified to be on the su- Supreme Court, so I believe the president's doing the right thing. And as far as judges, they have to base their judgment on something higher than human reasoning. It was talked about where we get our judgment from. Where I don't judge any man. I don't judge Than. I look at the scripture, and God is the one that makes the judgment. I read what God says, and I base my thought and what I believe on what he said, not on human reasoning. Human reasoning can be very flawed. That's where we get the word humanism. Humanism. No, 
Secular, secular humanism. humanism. Yeah. Hey, but we got to yeah. hit the road, Dan. Yeah. Call in you first thing tomorrow. Have a great one and talk with you maybe tomorrow. All right, okay. perhaps so. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate that. Sunbury Motor Company sponsored our program, so please uh, make sure you check out their inventory online before you buy at sunburymotors.com. We will take up this mantle tomorrow. This is WKOK Sunbury.